Hello and welcome to the Osher Ginsberg Podcast. I'm Osher Ginsberg and uh, if you're listening to this today, it's Friday the 31st of May, 2019. If it's not today, then this is Friday the 31st of May, 2019. I just wanted to uh, just check in with you today and just say um, thanks heaps for listening to these Friday shows. It means a lot that you're here. I see the download numbers and um, I'm really stoked that just as many people listen to this one as they do on the Monday. So that, that really means an awful lot because um, it's important to have a conversation about how we're doing and, and more importantly, what we're doing about it because that's important. A big thanks to everyone that sent in a podsy this week. It's a weird word I use, but it's basically a photo that you take of what you're looking at right now. Uh, and just, you know, this is how you listen to the show. I usually send pictures of what I'm doing, listening to a podcast to people that I know who do podcasts, and I'm usually doing dishes or laundry. So that's what I normally do, or I'm training. Those three things. That's when I listen to podcasts. Uh, so what do you do when you listen? Uh, I've got some cracking pictures this week. Baking muffins on a cold night in Melbourne. Could you imagine? Cold night outside, come inside. It smells like freshly baked muffins. Awesome. Uh, Joe Williams, podcast friend of the show, Joe Williams, sent in a great picture of just some cows hanging out by the side of the road near his place. It's pretty awesome. He was listening to the Stan Grant episode. And I've got a great picture from Rochelle who is – was on her way home from yoga in the sunset in Abu Dhabi. It was pretty good. And, you know, in, uh, in your car, sometimes it might say objects in the rearview mirror are closer than they appear, right? It said that, uh, but in Arabic. It was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. So uh, I'd love to see where you're listening to the show, how you listen to the show. Just send them in to me. Send us your email at gmail.com. I do love to share them out. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A massive thank you to everyone that has rated and reviewed the show. It means an awful lot when you do so because that... I guess when you uh, you know put a rating in iTunes and subscribe, it is like the the charts in iTunes they work on an algorithm. So the yes, downloads is one thing, but also ratings and reviews and subscriptions are a part of getting you up in the charts. So a big thank you to everybody that did that. I do like to read out the, those as a bit of an incentive. Hopefully get you to you know communicate to me more through the uh, iTunes. Um, 
uh, rating system. I know that not everybody listens on iTunes. A lot of people listen on Spotify. A lot of people listen on Android. A lot of people are like, I'm never buying an Apple phone ever. Yeah, I know, but for some reason, Apple's the, the Apple's it. So a big thanks to Claire, who wrote in, I listen to this podcast religiously and enjoy the diversity of guests and perspectives. These are the sorts of conversations we need to have more in our day-to-day lives. I find the less well-known guests just as insightful and interesting as the well-known guests, but love that these conversations give you a different perspective. People you thought you knew in the popular media, keep up the great work. Otter. Thank you, Claire. You're the best. Um, Beck has written, can't get enough, five stars. Absolutely love this podcast. The only thing that would make it better if it was to be a daily podcast. Crikey, Beck, that'd be good. And Ashley wrote, a great interview with Stan Grant that talks like a poet and lives a life of hope. Too true. Thank you. Definitely a lot for me to learn and feel. Thank you so much, Ashley. Thank you, everyone, for making uh, the time to review in the iTunes store. It really makes a big difference if you just search for the show there and uh, pop a review, pop a rating, and that would be super, super duper. To check in with you, I just did want to take a moment. Um, I'm going to get a, you know, here we go. Um, I just want to be super grateful for what we have in our country, all right? I know that we had an election uh, recently, and some people are a bit, well, what the fuck happened? Well, uh, I just want to be grateful for what we do have in our country. Like, not everything is terrible. Everything is actually pretty good. Um, it just may look a little differently than how you thought it was going to look. Um, this week, I had cause to be exposed to the public health care system in our country. Now, um, it may be no big deal if you've only ever lived in our country, but I spent about 10 years living overseas in the US where there isn't really public health to speak of. And I myself, I've been ad- admitted to the emergency department of a hospital in a country where such things like hospitals only exist as a donated piece of infrastructure from benevolent charities. So here in Australia, I sat in the emergency room of the hospital that I was in uh, with the person I was there with. And I looked around at not only the people who worked there, but the people who needed help. And I was just so proud that we as a nation got it together enough to make it easier in our country of Australia to make it easier to get health care than it is to get a gun. And that is just an incredible victory for us as a nation. Like any system, it's not perfect, absolutely. However, compared to other nations who put their priorities elsewhere, I was just so very, very grateful to have what we have. Um, back in the 90s, I personally was caught by the safety net of the public mental health care system in Queensland. Uh, I spent some time as an outpatient at a clinic in the Valley in Brisbane. There's no question that if that clinic weren't there, I'd have slipped through the cracks and my life would have been very, very different. Um, and every time I pay my taxes, I don't know if like you, but when I pay my taxes, I get a, I get a sheet that kind of tells you this is exactly how much money went to where. And, um, you know, I see most of the money goes to pensions, and which I'm fine with. That's the promise of our country here in Australia. You pay your taxes, you get infrastructure, you get education, you get pension, you get healthcare. Um, but the next one down is healthcare. And I am totally fine with that. It's a pretty sweet deal. Even though I may not agree with the people in charge of our country at the moment, I know I know that it's going to be okay. Um, and I'm feeling a bit buoyant about this because I, f- I finished a great book this week. It's a book called Factfulness by Hans Rosling. In fact, it's so good, I'm, I'm in the middle of reading it again. I, it was that good, I've just turned around and started again. Hans has an interesting way of putting the things. If you've seen his TED Talks, you'll know he's a very infectiously charismatic man. And he talks about being neither an optimist nor a pessimist. He, he talks about being a possibilist. And it's a word that I haven't really heard before, and I, and I really related to it. Because it is something that when my brain's going for 
cataclysm. It is something that I try to see what's going on. I try to I try to keep that up to myself. I try to reframe things, even when things seem dire. The other thing that was really good was um, Hans Rosling talks about, and it, what really resonated with me, I guess, was how he described the world. He likened things in our planet right now to the peril facing a premature baby. For example, a baby born at 28 weeks. This baby is tiny. It's in a humidity crib. It's fragile. It's covered in wires and tubes. It's moment to moment. Things are bad, but they get better. They're getting better. And now I've, I've been to an, um, an ICU, a neonatal ICU unit. I've, I've, I've watched this, this kid. She's, you know, the daughter of a friend of mine. She was born at 27 weeks. She was tiny. She was smaller than a Coke can, guys. And, you know, she's now giant, she's tall as me. And so things were really bad, but they got better. And people took a great amount of care. Very clever people worked very hard to make sure that she was all right. And that's his vibe on, like, what the world is right now, that things are bad. Yeah, they're bad, but they're getting better. And it was such a joyful thing to let sink in because, yes, some things around the world are indeed bad. But you know what? Over history, most things get better. Even now, with the government that we've got in Australia, even with the man in charge who doesn't really believe in climate change, yeah, that's bad, but things are getting better. They're getting better because so much of the world is gaining access to the kind of healthcare that I described earlier. And with that healthcare comes economic mobility. With that economic mobility comes a desire for a more modern way of life. And as we figure out ways to live our modern life in a more sustainable way, that becomes the norm and cheaper in fact, for economies that are coming up into the orbit of countries like our country. And we're tiny. We're 24 million people. We're like half a city in China. So when one billion people in Africa, one billion people in India, and one and four billion people in China all make the call to go for the most economically sensible way to develop their country, it's going to be a low-carbon or carbon-neutral pathway. So... The decision will be made for us. Our leaders, our PM, can have, they can have all the coal they like. Our PM can juggle lumps of coal in Parliament like he's at Cirque du Soleil. He's, he's done it before. But you and I will live to see a day when coal is no more than just another rock that we occasionally use, only very specific things. This choice will be made by economies that will dwarf ours. So while we can elect a government that believes in it, the world will inevitably choose against it, and that'll be that. It's a shame because we could be the country that develops ways to find that energy from another source, but it could be us. We could, we've got plenty of sun, we've got plenty of wind, we've got plenty of minerals that make battery packs. Hey, we even have plenty of uranium. We could be the world leaders in such technology. We still can. However, it might take the economic pressure of the price of something like coal plummeting as more countries coming online to a more advanced economy powered by different sources of fuel. Something like that might need to happen to make that happen. Now, Hans Rosling's work is not dissimilar to that of Steven Pinker, who has also written a fantastic couple of fantastic books, The Better Angels of Nature and, and um, Enlightenment Now. And the two of them... They just use pure data to show us that things are indeed getting better, even if all the news tells us that things are getting worse. It's hard to believe. I'll admit that. 
But Rosalind talks about a few things that can help in the way that you look at the world. And, and just to kind of go over a few of them here with you, I thoroughly recommend the book. It's called Factfulness. But one of the things he says is to expect bad news. So when you see a bad news story, understand understand that if it bleeds, it leads has been the motto of news outlets since the invention of the printing press, right? So if a story gets you to have an emotional response, particularly a fear response, it'll be printed or it'll be published, or an algorithm will push it into your newsfeed, because that's just how these things work. We react more to things that make us frightened or scared or outraged, and we want to share them and warn other people about this stuff. So, so these are the stories that gain momentum. So if that happens, ask yourself, if there was an equally good news story about this same topic, would I hear about it? If the answer is no, keep in mind that equally good things happen every single day and probably outnumber the bad things that you see. And just kind of keep that in mind. The other thing that Rosling suggests, and I love this part, is when you see a number in a news story, always ask for at least one more number. Hopefully a few more, but at least one. For example, I saw on the plane today, uh, and it was it was awful to see, you know, because there's a lot of people, a lot of families have been affected, and it's very tragic that it's this number. But I saw that the road toll was at 83. There's 83 people died on the roads. Okay, so what does Rosling say? He says, what's another number? Okay, another number would be, well, how many vehicle trips were completed safely in the same amount of time that these people unfortunately passed away? Were those numbers the same last year? That's the third number. The fourth number would be, what are those numbers over the last five years? Over the last 20 years, what does the trends tell us? You know, so you can see how in a news story, we're always given the dramatic number, but he encourages us to look for more numbers to give the first number more context. It's super handy as a tool. It's helped me a lot, even just this last week, to appreciate the news that I read very differently. And it's also led to some pretty wacky internet searches, <laughs> but it's it's useful. It's very useful. So I don't know. I hope that I hope that helps you out. Um, look, before I go, I just wanted to tell you about uh, Monday's guest, who's pretty fantastic. She's a bit of an Australian icon, I guess. She's a an actress who's currently on a show called uh, Five Bedrooms, Doris Yunane. She's been on everything from Heartbreak High to McLeod's Daughters. She's a landmark Australian actor, and she's some excellent lessons to share with you uh, from her journey to where she is today. And I'm looking forward to bringing you to that show immensely uh, on Monday. Until then, a tip of the hat to the public system healthcare workers that we have in our country who look after us when we are at our absolutely most vulnerable. Because, uh, yeah, I saw some wonderful young men and women do some things that I don't know if I would do to just help people that are complete strangers to them have a better chance at life. And it was, uh, it was pretty special, and I'm very grateful for it. So I hope you have a fantastic weekend. I hope whatever's going on with you is great. And until Monday, sleep well and dream of beautiful things. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.